Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Gonna push tempo here. The Pelicans. Hold that follow through. He posed. That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up, everybody? This is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough at Elliot Clough on twitter before we get started make sure you leave a rate and review on apple Podcasts, and if you are over there make sure you subscribe and if you're on a different platform you follow and or subscribe depending on said platform that way you're going to be getting notified when the show is up and if you leave that rate and review it's really i'm i say this a lot but i really want to hammer it home it really helps us out guys we really, we're tr- trending upward, especially because of this Drew Holiday podcast series. But the more you leave those rate and reviews, it really, really helps us out. Gets us noticed by other people who are looking for some Pelicans content, some NBA content. So folks, if you could do that before we get started, that would be really, really awesome. Anywho, for today's show, we are joined by Tony East of the Locked On Pacers podcast. He also covers the Pacers for West Indianapolis Community News and Forbes Sports. Tony is the man. We talked all things Pacers, Nate McMillan being dismissed, who could replace the head coach in Indianapolis. Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner, their availability in a trade for Drew Holiday and some other pieces. What could really get that move going and get Pelicans fans and the Pelicans front office to buy into a trade with Indianapolis. So don't miss this one. This was really fun. So here is our conversation with Tony East of Locked On Pacers. And we are joined by Tony East of Locked On Pacers, West Indianapolis Community News, and Forbes. Tony, how you doing today, brother? Doing great. Uh, enjoying the finals. Enjoying all the sports happening at the same time. It's a it's a good time to talk about basketball and be a sports fan in general. So, definitely, definitely. Right before we got started, Tony and I were sharing a little bit of our experience. He's been in Indianapolis for a while, and I got to spend four months there. So we got to share a little bit uh, of an experience there. Before see, that we got is started. the perfect amount of time to get the full city experience without having to live there. So that that is well done by you. All right, thank you. Before we, uh, when we could actually experience things. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, so, yeah, actually, I, I I, but pre-COVID this year, we're talking Pels today. I my vacation was New Orleans in February. Really? Yeah. So what are the odds of that? It was very fun. Uh, not a lot of people, Pelicans, uh, obvious Pelican supporters there, but 
I got my uh, Zion t-shirt, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> Much like uh, Indianapolis, New Orleans is a football city, at yes. least for now. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with this Zion team and, and Brandon Ingram. And if moving forward, this team can sway the city a little bit. That would be uh, awesome to see. But today we're talking a little Pels, a little Pacers. And some commonalities between these two teams is that neither of them have a head coach. So Nate McMillan dismissed from the Pacers this year. Tony, it looks like you're lined up to grab Mike D'Antoni. At least that's where the rumors are going. But, but the Pacers are being pretty extensive with their search, including Pelicans, uh, former, uh, or I, guess, I guess you could consider him, I don't know, Chris Finch, that's his name. Where, uh, where do you see this hiring going and, and who do you want them to hire? You know, it's, it's been a, a roller coaster of a process, really. Like, at first, the D'Antoni stuff got leaked right away. And uh, stuff I've heard from people in the league and people who are now out of the league is, like, most teams make a coaching fire with a hire in mind. Not necessarily, like, they're going to hire that guy, but, you know, they have a person they want. So because all the reporting was, like, they liked D'Antoni, I thought that was going to happen. But then the Sixers obviously got involved, and apparently he was in the driver's seat for that job. So I think that that kind of stalled things at first. And, you know, they were, they're going to interview a lot of people regardless of their affinity for D'Antoni. But the Sixers really slowed that down prior to, to them hiring Doc. There's a lot of moving parts here. But um, so at first I thought, you know, okay, they're interviewing a lot of people, but it's all kind of, you know, just due diligence before they hired D'Antoni. But now the Sixers have hired Doc Rivers and are not, not hiring D'Antoni, obviously. So if they wanted Mike D'Antoni, they could do it right now, like today. There's nothing stopping them. So I think that either someone they've already interviewed has really caught their attention and the people that are far along in the process, you already mentioned uh, Chris Finch and then Chauncey Billups, uh, two heat assistants. And I think that's the holdup now is they like either um, Dan Craig or Chris Quinn from the heat, the heat sideline, and they can't interview them until the finals are over. But that, that I don't know that that's the case. And Dave Yeager's the other one, which, ugh, but um, that is that is where they're at now. Is is those guys I just named plus D'Antoni seem like they're the the farthest people along? Although I only think I think D'Antoni's only interviewed once, and a lot of those guys have interviewed twice. So I think that their decision will come soon after the finals when they can get a little more intimate of an interview with uh, the Heat assistants and see where that heads. But yeah, at first I thought it was going to be D'Antoni, and all the signs are pointing that way. And then the longer this goes on, the more it seems like they're not pointing towards D'Antoni. And my favorites in order this whole time have been uh, Mike D'Antoni, Dan Craig, and Chris Finch. So there you go. There we go. Awesome. Looks like the Pacers are really leaning towards making their offense more efficient. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, they can't, they can't be a 90s offense forever, especially what, you know, I mean, the way the NBA is now, even if they are going to do the two-center shebang, shabab experiment, that it will end soon. But that's neither here nor there. If they are going to do that, they still have to, to get more efficient than 28 or whatever three-pointers a game. So I think any – I mean, any coach is going to shoot more than McMillan did. But, you know, if they hire the offensive-minded guy like, like Finch or like D'Antoni, you know, suddenly I think that number is going to skyrocket and they'll see more of a modern offense from the Pacers. So we'll talk Oladipo and Miles Turner and, and how that factors into this next coaching uh, hire with the Pacers. However, first – McMillan, do you see him getting another head coaching job this this off season? Is is he a good fit for New Orleans? Obviously, you talked about the '90s offense, and I'm sure that doesn't <laughs> get people excited. But uh, would he be a good fit for the Pels? Do you think? Well, I'll, I'll answer that first, and then tell you something about McMillan. But uh, he is so he's better at coaching teams that are like growing, but not a team that has 
you know, long playoff run aspirations. And that's kind of where the Pels are. I mean, the, it's hard for me to, to give the Pelicans a trajectory, right? Because as soon as Zion's healthy for 50 games, they're going to be like one of the best six teams in the West, maybe even best four teams in the West. So maybe they're already grown because Ingram's already really good. They have Drew. They, Zion's going to be really good extremely soon, right? So maybe they're a team that needs the championship level coach. But if they view themselves as a team that needs the growth coach, yeah, McMillan would be good for that, right? The Pacers transitioned from the PG era to the Vic era, and all of a sudden, like, every player they signed in 2017 was way better than everybody expected because that's what he's good at is, you know, getting guys to grow, getting guys comfortable in a role. But what he's not good at is the playoffs and tactitional stuff and X's and O's, like I just said. So I don't know that he's the perfect fit for the Pels. You know, I think that given that they'll, in the next probably three years, be one of the better teams in the league, probably should aspire for her. You know, a, a, play, a proven playoff coach like McMillan's playoff record with the Pacers was 3-12 and 12 or whatever. Just terrible. Uh, but the addendum I have on all that is he has said in interviews that he's going to take a year off from coaching. His son just had a baby. Uh, Jamil is a Pelicans assistant. Uh, so he's going to play grandpa for a year. And t- it sounds like take a year off from coaching, maybe just do his Team USA duties. So even if he was the perfect fit for the Pelicans, they cannot have him. <laughs> I, I had no idea. That's uh... – Good for him. Take that a little got bit really off. buried in all the exit interview stuff from him. Like the story that it first came out, and I think it was in the last paragraph. So not many people know that McMillan is is planning to take a year off. Well, we got our inside guy. We're, <laughs> we're happy you, <laughs> you came on. So speaking of Oladipo and, and Miles Turner, it's been kind of let out to the national media. I've seen it on, on different uh, social media platforms that Oladipo and Turner want out. Do you think uh, a hiring – in Indiana can change things around depending on who they get? Well, I personally have, have, have heard one of those two players once out. I will not say which one. Um, but, you know what? Uh, I think that that's going to be one of the interview questions is what would you do with this two-center situation we've got going on? But, uh, yes, I think the coach will dictate that they trade Miles Turner just because of roster construction, not because – I don't think Miles Turner actually wants out. Uh, I don't, I don't, I've never heard that personally. I just think that he's going to be a casualty of their roster construction. Depot, on the other hand, um, you know, the way I've been looking at it is his trade value can't really get worse than it is right now. So they'll probably hold on to him until the trade deadline and maybe trade him then. But unless he publicly demands a trade, but you know what? I think that if the perfect coach, like if Debo's number one choice comes in, maybe he'll, He'll begrudgingly stay around and enjoy things, but uh, I, I don't necessarily see that happening. It's, it's a strange time for the Pacers with the coaching flux and a key player uh, not super interested in being on the team right now. It is it's interesting is one way to put it. And considering the, the 0-4, uh, the finish in that first round of the playoffs to the Miami Heat getting swept, uh, things are just really strange. Obviously, DeMontis Sabonis going down. I mean, how do you feel about Indy going forward? Or are you – do you have any confidence remaining at all? I'm sorry to get so dire. But given the circumstances, how are, how are you feeling about it? Um, I felt like, like in the moment that was an embarrassing sweep because the higher seed doesn't matter. The Heat were better going into that series, but they weren't that much better. You know, like the, it didn't seem like a sweep was even in the cards. I picked Heat in six. Uh, so they got embarrassed. And at the time, it looked horrible. Now, obviously, now the Heat are in the finals, and Sands' injuries would be, you know, probably tied 2-2 right now with the Lakers. So the Heat are actually just way better than 
anyone gave him credit for in that series, which makes the Pacers look a little better. But the state of the franchise is a little weird because of that. You know, that was their second time getting swept in two years. Totally different rosters both times. So, you know, that yes, it can be the players to an extent, but there's some process issue going on when that's the case, right? So what is that? And they have fired the coach. Maybe that's what it is. But the roster is flawed. Um, they, and they didn't have Sabonis in the playoffs, which makes it hard to evaluate exactly where the big fly is or what needs to be done to address it. You know, maybe it's that the two centers can't lead the high-octane offense you need. Maybe it's that their lead guards, but, you know, Brogdon Oladipo, as good as they are, they aren't really powerhouse initiators anymore, you know, especially Vic off the injury. Who knows? Uh, but there, there's a lot kind of in flux that that series sort of brought to light and it brought to the forefront of the discussions about the team. And I think that it's not, you know, tr- truly the, like the Bucks lost in five and then, you know, the Celtics made it a series, but like the Heat are just destroying everybody, you know, maybe that, maybe that series wasn't the truest indicator that they're actually like terrible or really far from the top of the East, but they do have to tweak some stuff and clearly they're on that, on that path. But I don't think they know necessarily what the next team is going to look like. And the Heat embarrassing them just made them kind of have to pick up pieces along the way and figure it out. What do you think about the Pacers? I feel like I've been talking the entire time. <laughs> That's what you're here for, man. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think given the – well, the, the falling out that happened in the playoffs, bonus got hurt, all of that. Um, it's basically the bubble and the playoffs couldn't have gone worse for the Pacers. I think that uh, – I mean – them, them moving on from Depot and Turner, that sucks. Uh, well, we'll talk a little bit more about if the if the Pels are interested in either of those guys in a trade for Drew in a, in a little bit here. You know, I love Malcolm Brogdon. I love Sabonis, obviously, when he's healthy. There's just – I don't think there's enough pieces there. And, and Indy's not a free agency destination. Uh, we, that's been well established. We know that. It's – I don't think it looks good, if I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I like – I, I – enjoy watching the Pacers. I, I like Victor Oladipo, Miles Turner, TJ Warren was really fun to watch in the bubble, I guess. So it could have gone worse if, if he hadn't played super well. Yeah. I, I, I don't see them being a, you know, a, a Eastern conference title contender like they once were at the beginning of this decade anytime soon. I, I, you know, they're, they're, I can't tell if they're close to that or far from that because Getting swept is obviously bad. I just wish they, you know, we, Sabonis was, you know, in the, in the Cavs series that they looked really good in, in 2017, Sabonis was a, a like a bench bench player, you know, not like a sixth man playing a lot. He was a bench player and Turner played way more than him and they went to seven and then Sabonis got better in 2018. And then the, him and half the games, Turner was good. Half the game, Sabonis was good. And then this year, finally Sabonis was really good. And I'm really like looking forward to, you know, their future kind of contends on – or contends, like leans in the balance of, like, can he be good enough in the playoffs to win you a series? And then he's hurt, and, then, and now they have no idea. And so they're just kind of kicking the clock down the road of, like, well, I guess we'll figure it out next year. So I agree with everything you said. It's kind of just hard to, hard to tell right now. Right. And that's uh, a place that the Pels have been in for, for a long time. I mean, they're not currently necessarily in a situation like that, but they've been in places like that before. So – we can we can empathize. It's tough. Yeah, it, it just flux is not a good place to be. And I'm not really a tanking guy. You know, I just especially for small markets. But uh, it's like you, being a really good team. It's fun to watch. Is good. Keep doing that. But 
it, it's just tough to project exactly how good they can be and what comes next, given you know that we we lost a lot of info without Sabonis and uh, the the bubble kind of has just been weird. So it's hard to assess where the team is at. Is really just my my our conversationally long answer to your right. question a while ago. It's hard to assess where they're at. It is. It is, and then. A lot. I mean, it's it's hard to assess where the where the Pels are at too because we don't know what the plan is going forward. And is is it win now? Is it is it build? Is it keep Drew and, and sign him to an extension? Is it move Lonzo? Is it bring back JJ Redick? Uh, I mean, if they decide to trade him this this off season, is it move on from Derek Favors? What is the freaking plan? When are we going to hire a head coach? So again, uh, very, very much. Uh, can I, can I give thoughts on Pelicans team building? Is that allowed? go for it? Go for okay. it. I think they should run it back. And that sounds super stupid because they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> and I just said earlier, I think they're going to be really good in three years, but because they have so many younger pieces, right? Ingram beast this year, Lonzo grew, you know, it's hard to see growth. It's not linear in the NBA, but he was clearly better last year. Josh Hart is good. Um, I think just because we didn't see a lot of Zion, I would run it back and see which of the pieces that the Pelicans have between the young guys and the vets fit. I mean, JJ's too old, right? Eventually he'll be gone, but like they can get another shooter. Which of these guys fit with him to, to build for another team? Cause I think getting that information now while Zion's still cheap and you have money to spend in free agency at some point is, is a bit pretty valuable. So I think next year they should try to do a pretty similar roster. And then the year after that, maybe you make the changes that they see fit. Sure. And they're going to be getting a new coach and yes. Gentry Gentry is a, I mean, we've, we've heard this so many times, such a good guy, just not, he's just not head coach material. I think he's going to be fantastic for Sacramento. That's the perfect spot for him being an, an associate head coach. Yes. Or, or an assistant of another variety. That is his spot because he's not a lay down the law kind of guy. He's just, yeah. not. he's, not necessarily a culture builder either. There was very, very, very little, if any, accountability in the bubble. It's just not his philosophy. So moving on from Gentry, I think that will help in terms of if they should run it back or not, if that gives them a chance to really see what they've got. You know, in, in terms of bringing back the entirety of the roster – Derek Favors probably going to be moved on. That dude looked like a that hurts. I like Derek Favors a lot. He's good. right, and and I do too. And he was just not what he used to be, you know, yeah. in Utah. And, and then there's guys, you know, like the Frank Jacksons, the the Jaleel Okafor. Well, the got, yeah, Henry Jackson Boyden. Hayes has to play at some point. Right, right, right. So we'll 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 see where they go with that, and and if uh, they grab somebody at thirteen or or what what happens. But there's there's. So many different things that could happen. There's so many different things that will happen. And we've heard, and I'm not sure how, how, how solid the source was, but we heard that the roster could be flipped on its head again this, this offseason. So wow. there's just, yeah, there's just so much that's Griff going on. could do and, anything, and I'd be like, yep, sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how yeah, do you think it's it, going to go in Sacramento? Is Gentry going to show up they want to go, hey, Luke Walton, I took all the players that you could not develop for – for crap and made them all really good so i'm gonna take your job in two weeks is that how that's gonna go uh you know <laughs> that, that that doesn't sound like alvin gentry to me but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens that i think he's gonna do really well especially with De'Aaron fox love De'Aaron yeah. fox gentry will do a lot for him i think uh in in sacramento but for today's episode, we're bringing you on to continue the Drew Holiday trade series. It's been super popular with Pels fans. Hopefully, 
get some Pacers fans to tune in to this one as well. But what do you think the Pacers front office would be willing to give up for Drew Holiday? Is Miles Turner on the table? Is Victor Oladipo on the table in a, in a trade scenario that would involve Drew Holiday going to Indiana? Can you believe George Carl uh, broke, broke this interest on Twitter? Did you see that tweet? I did. I did. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that – I like – like Drew's good. Obviously, teams are interested in him. But I was like, oh, okay, that's more active than I expected this to be. Yeah, I would give up Miles Turner for Drew Holiday immediately. No, no second thoughts uh, from me. The thought from from Pacers Twitter for a while was like, let's do that trade straight up and get this over with. And one, the salaries don't work. But two, that's that's not gonna be enough for the Pelicans for sure to me. Uh, Depot's weird. Like I don't get why the Pelicans would want Depot in a Drew trade because Drew is better. Like today right now so <laughs> I don't I don't really understand that one but I mean I, I guess if there's a deal to be made there to make it but I, I I've always thought that the fit of Miles with the Pels roster is really good right and Pelicans fans have talked about that before I've seen and as much as they love Jackson Hayes like we just talked about and, and Julian Okafor is there as well he's much better than both of them now and his skill set fits really well with what Zion's good at and what you know, Lonzo can do and spacing honestly helpful for any team. So he's a good fit, but his value is just not enough. So it makes the trade not easy to construct, but I see where like Drew would really help the Pacers beyond the, the brother thing, which is cool, but Justin's a free agent, but Drew's fit with Brogdon is really good. Drew's fit alongside TJ Warren and Sabonis is really good. So I think that, that there is a, a, an obvious way that these teams think, you know, let's get serious about this, but it's really hard for me to come up with the value because I don't know how much David Griffin values Miles, and I don't know what other stuff he would want to make that you know, amicable and, and a trade that both teams would do. Right. It's a tough scenario, too, because the reasoning for trading Drew, and I've been, I've been saying this. I said it on Twitter yesterday. I'm not necessarily an advocate to trade Drew. We're just talking scenarios. Like right, this, right. Is, this is just a possibility totally that, that – sorry, go ahead. No, I totally get that. Uh, right. And he won that community award today, right? Like, great dude. You know, you have to be bowled over to move. Exactly. Time. Exactly. And, and, and this is what we're talking about. We talked about it fairly recently with Ali Cosell of, of the Bird Rights, editor-in-chief there, that he believes they're in a win-now situation. And if that's the goal, if the Pels are really looking to get into the playoffs wow. now, and not necessarily the championship by any means, but – I think David Griffin is a win-now just kind of guy. That's, yeah. that's who he is. That's the way he's structured, the way he's built. So if it's win-now, they're going to more than likely hold on to Drew. If it's build, they're going to probably move him because of his contract. It is a player option that he will absolutely pick up. They decide not to extend his contract. But, I mean, he's not a leader. He's a great teammate. That's been well-established. If you want to say that that means he's a good leader too, I mean, you can – I think there's reason to make that jump, but he's just not that. So, and this team, I'm not sure if you've looked into the Pels much, Tony, but this team really needs a bona fide leader. They need a, not necessarily what he does for that team exactly, but a Udonis Haslam. Yeah. They need, they need a guy who's going to get on people's, and we curse on this podcast, so if you'd like to, go oh, ahead. okay. Uh, <laughs> skirted around a word earlier. Right. We need to get on people's asses with what I'm getting <laughs> at. And it's just not happening. It didn't happen at all last year with Gentry. J.J. Redick is the closest thing, but he's not necessarily that guy. He's a great complimentary guy, a veteran in a locker room in terms of leadership, but he's not the leader in a locker room. So 
And so the Pels just don't have that. They just didn't have that this last year. And that makes things tough. You got to have a guy who can lead. So to circle back around to this, this, <laughs> this, trade, <laughs> this, this trade scenario. Well, I've been sent a fake trade uh, that involves Oladipo and Drew Holiday and Miles Turner that I actually think is pretty good if you uh, would let me run it by you here. Go for it. Let's hear yeah. it. The Pacers end up with uh, Drew Holiday, Derek Jones Jr., and a Miami Heat second-round draft pick. The Heat end up with just Victor Oladipo. And the Pelicans get Miles Turner, Kendrick Nunn, and a Heat first-round pick. Ooh. How you feeling? How you feeling? Uh, I like Miles Turner. So the problem is that Kendrick Nunn is bad. and is a Yes. <laughs> so, so Kendrick Nunn, his stock before the playoffs, fantastic. You know, yeah. good trade piece, all-rookie team. And then he's been – well, he's a terrible dude. But that's – let's just talk about his merits as a player in this trade. He's been terrible in the playoffs. And if the Pels really do want talent now, he's not who they want. So that probably ruins that. But the, the Turner plus none plus heat first seems more like the value Drew should haul into me than, you know, just Turner, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, the Pels would need an extra piece and maybe some picks. So the um, person who sent it to me also sent a Pacers first to the Pelicans. And I said, no, no, no. We're not, we're not giving away Depot and Turner and a first there because – that's just a lot of stuff for the it Pacers. To, that's a lot of transition for the Pacers. Even if it is maybe the right value, they would not do that. So right. that's I took that out personally, but I understand why the Pels would, would go no at that point. Right. And the thing is about this possible trade scenario with Drew is, they, like I said, they're going to be going build. So right. they're going to need some younger pieces right. that have the ability to develop. None, he's pretty old for being a rookie. And well, one he's like he's you said, Stephen Adams' that, age, which is crazy. That you're kidding? Yeah, they're they're like I, I think Josh Lloyd tweeted this. They're like 11 months apart in age. That's insane. Okay, Carry well, there's back. that. I don't yeah. see him 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 getting much he's better, old. especially defensively. And the the Pels are in a pivotal spot with their youth in terms of this is where the culture be, becomes built. This is where the culture in the locker room really is vital because you got Zion who's 20 and a bunch of other younger guys. You just can't have that type of toxicity in a locker room. You just can't. And and that's a reason why people have been afraid of signing the Morris brothers and and, and all of that too. So a lot of things going in there. My issue with miles Turner, he's just, I really get excited about the idea of bringing him to new Orleans (laughs) But then I watch him play, and I'm like, uh, maybe not. His whole career has been the idea is always better than the execution, yes. Yeah, so, so that's, that's, that's my issue. So um, let, me, I, let me plan a counterthought for you, if you don't mind. Go for it. His best year was his sophomore year, Frank Vogel at, at the helm, right? So, well, that was actually McMillan's first year. But he was really – Vogel built him in a way that McMillan sort of suppressed with his mid-range philosophies and his – you know, open shots are better than the efficient shot philosophies because I think he took away some of Turner's confidence and agency to do what he wants, right? He always wanted him to swing the ball or, you know, pop to the elbow instead of behind the three-point line. So, yes, I agree with you that the idea of Turner has always exceeded what he actually is, despite him still being really pretty good. You know, that's true. But I also think that the right coach for Turner gets a lot more out of him than has been seen before. Okay. But carry on. Okay. That's uh, food for thought for sure. And that's obviously 
<laughs> we have no idea who Bills are going to hire. You can't, so. you can't trade for what he could be. You have to trade for what he is. So that doesn't matter. I'm just putting the idea in your head. <laughs> right. right. Fair enough. And, I mean, the, the centerpiece, uh, I guess, pun intended? Pen not, <laughs> is that a pun? I don't know. Anyway, has been a big issue for the Pels. Obviously, Derek Favors, okay? that's He's just, like I said, shell of what he once was. Jackson Hayes, another guy who has a really high ceiling, but – defensively he was not able to put it together much like a lot of the pelicans roster this year so so turner would be an upgrade that's for sure the 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 thing is what are you going to get along with him and i mean i look at the rest of the the pacers roster and you could say this about depot too i mean um that's that's the topic at hand i mean if you're going to go young i there's just there's drew's brothers and I'm assuming that the Pacers would want to retain them and have three brothers on the roster just because that's cool. I don't know. And then there's, I mean, Doug McDermott, Jeremy Lamb, TJ McConnell, and they're not really that young. I mean, what young piece are they going to get from the Pacers that the Pacers are willing to give up? So that, that's what I was going to ask you is, say this, that, that heat scenario is just something that someone sent me, but say this is a two-team trade, just Pelicans-Pacers. What bridges the gap for you to get Turner plus blank equals Giroux, right? What is that? Because, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's kind of weird thinking about the family ties in the trade. Like, because Aaron Holiday's pretty good for his age, too, and would be a good fit for the Pelicans where they're at right now. But, you know, what are the dynamics of like, okay, we got the Holiday brother and we gave one away. And then <laughs> Miles is obviously young. They're not going to trade Sabonis. So their youth pieces left are Goga, who they just drafted last year. He's good. I think Goga's going to be good, but not what the Pelicans need. Uh, TJ Leaf, who is probably the worst player in the NBA. and and Edmund Sumner who I think is amazing and will be really good one day but I don't know how much other teams value him for obvious reasons he doesn't play that much so it's really hard without picks to bridge the gap to me but I'll let you answer that question I mean I'm I'm pretty much with you I didn't know who Edmund Sumner was or Goga was oh Sumner is really good I promise you Sumner is good Goga uh, undeniably unproven but Sumner is good okay all right Duly noted. Looking at age, and like you said, TJ Leaf is garbage. So, so not <laughs> looking at that. I, I just, uh, I didn't realize Justin Holiday was thirty. He's thirty. There's, yeah, there's, yeah. There's, there's that to factor in. Yeah, I mean, I looked at the roster and I was like, twenty-four year old point guard. Oh, it's Aaron Holiday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's good. And, he is a good player, but right. Yes, I understand. And, and I like him. And I mean. T.J. Warren was good for five minutes in the bubble. He's 27. Oh, he was good all season. Okay. I will not accept the T.J. Warren slander here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Rejected. Uh, I'm also – I believe it or not, this was a quote from me my junior year of college on the radio show that I hosted at uh, the University of Northern Iowa. I said, T.J. McConnell might be the most underrated basketball player in the NBA. There you go. I don't, I don't know if I still agree with that. But I do love me some He's TJ good. McConnell. I think he would be a great backup to, to Lonzo. That's something that the Pels need. But he is 28. How much is he really going to bring to the roster? And then there's, you know, the Jeremy Lamb who can give you 12 and – what is it? I don't have his stat line in front of me. Like 12 and 5 off the bench. He's there to score and score only. Yes. Okay, okay. And you can never have enough shooting on a roster, so we'll give him that. They're not going to be willing to part with Brogdon – I mean, Doug McDermott's basically the same thing as in terms of scoring, I take it. Not going to provide some value defensively. So, 
I don't know. I mean, like you said, they don't have picks. They might have to bring in a third team to make it work if, if we're really going the route that we're talking about here. Yeah, I agree. I was going to say, does any – so, like, before we even get to the asset part, the salaries don't match enough with Turner right. or Giroux, right? So, they would have to be, of the people you just named, Warren's out, Brogdon is too much salary, uh, Sabonis is just not going to be included, and Depot, well, that's a different story. So, none of the starters are in. So that leaves McConnell, still not enough money, uh, McDermott, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin's free agents. That's it. Just those three guys are really, before we get to assets, the eligible veterans. Do you, have, do you value, do you think the Pels, or do you personally value McConnell, McDermott, or Jeremy Lamb as a positive asset? And Lamb's coming off an injury, so I can rule that one out for you. But I think, I, honestly, I'll just speak for you on accident here. I think McDermott's okay. the only one with a chance of having positive value and being salary because he can really shoot it, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like you said, Lamb's coming off an injury. I didn't know that. That's going to be an issue. Yeah, and I know, like you said, McConnell's not doesn't make enough money, nor does he have any sort of ceiling, and that's what the Pels are going to be looking right. for if they do shop through. So, man, I don't know how it works. This is, <laughs> you know, what's funny about <laughs> it's falling this. apart. All right, <laughs> we had Cyrus Satsas of the. Warriors 24 podcast on just this last week and he came on he's like I don't think this trade's gonna happen <laughs> so just right from the get-go Warriors are my second so, favorite Giroux team that's a bummer right yeah, yeah my yeah. first so, is not the Pacers it's the Nuggets but whatever. okay sure and we <laughs> we had uh Harrison Wind of the DNVR Nuggets he's great podcast. he is great yes he Did was you guys awesome. work something out just we <laughs> Indian native Gary right. Harris and a bunch of right. stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah you you said the name I was just gonna say that is the piece that the Nuggets want to give up, but it's not the piece that the Pelicans are going to want in exchange yes. for MPJ Drew. is not happening, so let's just skip that. Right, and that's the name that the Pels fans are all like, we got to get MPJ, we got to get MPJ. So I don't know how it works out, man. There's a lot of love for Bull Bull as for fans around the league. Oh, wow. I don't know. Uh, he's. I think he has a really high ceiling, but is it worth giving up arguably, prob- well, probably a top – four or five player in your franchise's history for bowl bowl. I don't think so. Obviously you're going to get more pieces other than bowl bowl, but, and if one of those is Gary Harris, I, you know, I, I thought he was going to be a lot better than he turned out to be, but there's a lot of length on that nuggets roster. There's a lot of experience, but young experience on that nuggets roster that I would not mind grabbing in exchange for Drew holiday. Right. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's the third team in our, in our fake but, well, I don't know right. if the Pacers will get involved to help another team get through. Actually, never mind. But. Right, that's true. So, you know, in, in terms of talking Oladipo here, so we'll switch it up from, from Turner to Oladipo. Sure. He's starting to look injury prone. I mean, he's 28, so he's just <laughs> two years younger than Drew. We just have seen really awesome flashes, but his his stock, like you said, is pretty low at the moment. I don't know. And it's going to be the same scenario. You're going to need to get Oladipo and probably some younger assets in an exchange like that. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Depot being shipped to New Orleans? Um, it depends on what else is needed there, but uh, Drew's better. So yeah. I, would, uh, I think that's, that, that's actually kind of interesting for the Pels and I think about it. I mean, they'd get worse next year, but you know, the, the, the appeal of Depot, I think, in a trade is that he's an expiring contract. So a team can go, okay, he was hurt, but we'll gamble that he can be really good again, and then we have the advantage to keep him. So, he, he in theory, if he, his fully healthy peak fit with the Pels is great, but 
uh, in theory, does not build a good championship team. So that's super stupid of David. <laughs> do. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I just don't get why the Pels would do that. If they would, I think the Pacers should try because upgrading from Depot would be huge for them. I mean, he was not a liability necessarily in the playoffs, but definitely wasn't that good. So that would be that's that's an interesting framework to work through. But we're still back to our our troubles of having to get. Well, he might be enough salary. That's close. Having to get a little bit more salary plus the the young stuff is hard. Right. Right. You know, and what if I told are... you that someone sent me a fake trade that involves Depot and Drew in a three-team trade? Am I just ruining your show by hijacking? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is content, man. I love it. I got to find uh, this it, one. This one's Okay. Old. Okay. Let me know. Oh, this one is long. Okay. Whew, this is a it. lot of stuff. Okay. Let's hear it. So let's start with what the Pelicans get. This is a lot. So get ready. Okay. The Pelicans give up more than uh, just Drew. They also give up JJ Reddick. Keep that in mind. Okay. In exchange, they get Miles Turner, a second-round pick from the Pacers, a first-round pick from the Pacers, a first-round pick from the Mavs, and a second-round pick from the Pacers. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Good noise. <laughs> the Mavs give up, obviously, that first-round pick that the Pelicans are getting, as well as Seth Curry, Maxi Kleber, in two seconds. In exchange, they get Victor Oladipo and J.J. Redick. And the Pacers give up Oladipo, Turner, a first, and two seconds. And they get Drew, Seth Curry, Maxi Kleber. What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, the it's a lot of moving stuff. So it's <laughs> it is a lot. Yeah. If the Pels were to get Kleber in that situation, I'd be more intrigued. Oh, okay. That's fine. Uh, you can have I, I like, okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Pels have so many picks already. They yeah. don't need four picks. Uh, See, and if what if the Pels could just use all that and get like Beal in a year or something though? Yeah, that's true. I don't know if he's going to want to come to New Orleans. I get, though, that. You know? I get that. Yeah. That's so, just the reason they would want picks, but I understand that. Yes, I understand that not being what they need. Right. So but I liked I liked that too, but that was a lot. That was a lot of moving stuff. But I was like, that yeah. value's good for every team, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm trying to think of of another way this could work out. You know, <laughs> this is it, it's a tough scenario with a lot of these teams. There's been a lot. <laughs> you know, everybody has bias coming to the table, yes. but I've been told. Oh, there's no way. Like we had a Bucks guy on. There's no way the Bucks would give that up. And then I had somebody else from a different podcast tell me, "You had that trade sucked. Why would you do that for the Pelicans?" And like, there's there's just so many different opinions, and that's just what we're running into in this. When you're when you have a spotlight on you, you got to get used to that type of situation. Right. But I just don't know how this works out with the Pacers. I mean, obviously, Miles yeah. Turner was a huge talking point, especially at the beginning of quarantine. Every just about every Pelicans outlet was like, we can get Miles Turner, we can get Miles Turner, we can get Miles Turner. And then I, I watched him in the bubble, like I said, and I just wasn't all that impressed. So, See, that's interesting because he was, c- compared to normal, he was pretty good in the bubble. I, I guess more so in the playoffs than the regular season. Maybe I'm – okay. depends what you watch. But he was actually pretty good in the playoffs. But, yeah, sure. now, now, you know what? Now that we've, like, really sorted through all the moving parts, I also agree that a two-team trade – is is impossible basically like unless unless the pelicans have a huge crush on doug mcdermott uh, I'm not really, <laughs> which i yeah exactly your laughter is exactly the reaction i was hoping for yeah i don't i just don't think it happens right right and you know three team trades are a lot to to work out on a podcast so we haven't really looked into that right. too much um we'll we'll offer up reactions should that happen this offseason in any frame or in any way but 
We'll see, man. We'll see. I, I take it. I mean, everybody that I've talked to so far is like, hell yeah, we'll take Drew. I mean, the thing about Pelicans moving on from him is he has absolutely so much value. This He's beloved by the city. He loves the city back. I mean, he's uh, arguably the best, if not if not the best, probably top three, four, five defender in the league, even though he didn't make an all-defensive team this year, which was bullcrap. It, it was factored in because of uh, the team defense in New Orleans was just god-awful. And he's great offensively. He can be great offensively. He's just not a number one option. He's just not. He's just not. And he What's would be gonna- a – what I think is going to super help his value too is that every every team in the league that's close to a title is going to go, oh yeah, Drew's the best thing we can get. You know what I mean? To take you there. So with all the things you described, I think he is perfect for a lot of teams. Right, and the Pels could really get some third player that could be a star alongside Bi and Zion going forward. So that's that's the pull as well. I mean, we've been talking about like working with the Nets and getting Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Jared Allen and picks as well. And how do you ter- say no to that, you know? <laughs> right. So, Man, that's a lot. That would be great. Right, right. And and from what I can tell, we had a Nets guy on too, and uh, they're, they're looking like they'd be more than open to that. You know, Karis, Karis is the is the piece, though, that, that right. would be tough to – move in that situation. It would situation. suck to be the team that traded the Karis pick to the Nets, man. That would be – I wonder who that was. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully it wasn't the Pacers. That would be brutal. Right, right. <laughs> well, Tony, this was fun, man. I really appreciate you stopping by, and I don't think we addressed it. For those of you who don't know, we usually record these on Zoom, and I had an issue with my account, so Tony <laughs> came in clutch and, and helped us out. We're recording this on, on his account, and he'll send this to me later. But, Zoom hero. I was going to yes. call you on Skype, and I apparently – Forgot to uh, redo my premium Skype membership. So thank God for Zoom and technology. (laughs) Shout out to Zoom for the millionth time during this quarantine. So really appreciate you stopping by, Tony. Tony, how do we read some of your stuff and and how do we follow you on Twitter? Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at TEastMBA. Yes, I know I have the NBA in my name. I'm sorry, but uh, that's where you can find my my Pacers musings and where I'll share all my content. Uh, Forbes sports page, it's called Sports Money is where... Uh, you can find all that too if you don't want to. If you don't use Twitter and the West Indianapolis Community News, if you're in Indy and live in the Speedway area uh, or on the west side of Indy in general, you can find it in the papers. But their online presence is pathetic, so unlikely you will find that on the internet. Fair enough. You're always getting honesty from Tony East, so <laughs> go ahead and check out his stuff. Make sure to follow him on Twitter, folks. Thanks so much for joining us today, Tony. Thank you for having me. I had a good time. There it is, Pels fans. Thanks so much for tuning in today to our conversation with Tony East of Locked on Pacers. Really fun show as it has been. And I think this is going to be our last episode of the Drew Holiday trade series unless anything else surfaces. This series has been really fun. This is something that's really helped our trajectory of the podcast. So if you have any suggestions as to anything else you would like to hear in terms of a series this offseason or going into the next season or anytime in the future, 
please let us know. This was a really fun series. It got a lot of attention from people not only that are Pelicans fans, but fans of other teams, places other than New Orleans, other than Louisiana in the country. So if you have any suggestions, obviously the coaching race is kind of dwindling down here. We're not sure what the goal is going to be for free agency, and we'll, we'll start hitting the draft when that time of year comes around. But for right now, We're just rolling with the punches, seeing what we can get. So, folks, thanks for tuning in today. Once again, make sure to go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Leave that rate and review. Do it! And subscribe to the podcast and or follow, depending on where you're listening to the show. Go check out The Bird Rights, the SB Nation Pelicans affiliate on the interwebs. And then, of course, check out all the Believe podcasting networks content on believe.com or any of the social media platforms instagram facebook and twitter folks again y'all are the bomb.com make sure to come back later this week and next week uh to to hear some more pelicans content in the meantime enjoy yourselves enjoy this off season we have a little bit of a break and we can focus on some football in new orleans folks i am elliot clough And this was Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.